The camera opens on the streets of Five Points outside of Troy's closed convenience store where Victor is standing looking at scratches on the door frame. We zoom down the street into the Lockwood Manor where Alistair and Jeremiah are in the basement. Alistair talking to a mirror and Jeremiah surrounded by books. We sneak back out through a small window into the square where Alex and Silk are walking down the steps of Midnight Rose's home. We turn onto the nearby subway tracks, speeding to Metro Center downtown. We're standing just outside, under the awning, and taking a deep inhale off his vape is an unfamiliar figure. James, would you like to introduce yourself and who you'll be playing today? Sure. I am James Malloy, and I am a podcaster. I, pod- I, I, am, I play and GM and produce and edit and all that stuff. Protean City Comics, as well as the Stop, Hack, and Roll podcast. Um, and today I'm going to be playing Darby Albrecht, who is a tainted. They made a deal with a devil, a uh, demon, Terog the Ever Burning, and they're here to do some business, I guess. Darby just got into town and may have been sent here on a very specific mission that was definitely from the demon and not the MC. All right. So, yes, Darby. Uh, and Darby uses they, them pronouns, correct? Correct, yes. Uh, what does Darby look like? Darby is a ambiguously gendered, but like rumpled is really the word I think that is most predominant about the way that they look. They're in a sort of ill-fitting suit with jacket and sleeves like pushed up to their elbows. And it looks like it hasn't been laundered in a while. Um, Their hair is kind of tussled in a way that if you looked at it too long, you might start to think that maybe it was intentional but it's probably not and they just look tired more than anything else they just look tired all right so you have just gotten into saint fleur and your patron has asked you to do something very specific while you're here yes darby is here looking for leon who is perhaps not doing their job and I guess the first thing I would try to do is try to find someone. Like I, I don't know if I have a contact in the city, um, but I'd be looking for someone who is a local deal broker, or like if there's anyone else from from the from from the like the demon side of the wild faction to sort of even just check in and let everyone know that I'm here. You know that there is actually a very active demon faction in St. Fleur that has been working on possessing the souls of the powerful in the St. Fleur. And um, the tainted who is leading them goes by the name Carone. C-A-R-O-N-E. I'd probably just, assuming I have uh, their phone number, just give them a call. Yeah, uh, go ahead and roll to hit the streets with Wild then. Okay. I rolled a 12. So the phone rings a couple of times and you hear the telltale click of someone picking up. Um, a throat gets cleared. <clears throat> Hello? Hi, is this uh, Carone? Yes, and who am I speaking to? Uh, Darby, Darby Albrecht. I don't know that we've... Um... I don't know that we've had a I don't know if we've we've spoken in the past. Um I don't believe we have, but your name sounds familiar to me. You might um the name sorry, 
I don't know. I should open with this. The name that would be the mo- more familiar to you probably would be uh, Tarag, the Ever Burning. Ah, Tarag. Ah, ah, ah. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was aware that you were coming into town. What can I uh, do for you? I'm, I'm, I'm looking for someone, or looking for someone who can help me find someone. Um, yeah, you know how these things go. Um, I don't know. Hmm. You'll have to forgive me. I don't know if um, it's appropriate for me to tell you who I'm looking for quite yet. Um, you know, we, we work together, but it's not quite. Of of course. So do you just need somebody well connected? Yeah, I think that would that if you could if that would be something that you could help me with. then while I'm here, I can help be of service to you as well. Let me uh, put you in contact with Rosalie Mercier. Um, she should be able to help you well she basically owns half the city she should be able to help you out okay that sounds great thank you very much i think that i think that that darby would probably just hang up at that point like probably even before i've gotten rosalie's contact information and then probably darby would just send off a text being like requesting that information yeah and you get a text back fairly quickly with her name rosalie mercier phone number and uh, like she's expecting your call and then there's like a text that quickly follows that's just like if you ever find yourself um in trouble while you're here in saint fleur just speak my name into a mirror so i think i'm less interested in just placing another phone call and more interested in trying to go to find rosalie like this is the kind of thing that should be done in person so if you do a quick google search rosalie mercier is something of a household name there's the Mercier Property Group in the downtown area that owns like half of the city and does a lot of renting. And she also had a hosted a gala last night where there was a murder and has been um, holed up in her manor in Point Claire since. So, uh, yeah, I would get on a, a bus and try to head that direction. While Darby is heading that direction, what is everyone else up to today? Alistair is going to look over at Jeremiah and say, Jeremiah, my dear friend, you you recall in that Waffle House, you told me you could get me something useful to myself, procure an item, one might say. Yes, I, I do believe that is my entire profession. Might you have something that, oh, let's say, could hold somebody in a place they do not wish to remain? Uh, possibly. I'm assuming you're looking for a magical restraint, not, like, something more mundane? Well, yes, I have handcuffs. Who do you take me for? Something that could, say, stop a... Mistress of the arcane arts, should things go south. I'm sure I have something like that somewhere. Or uh, I can pick up from one of the people I know. How quickly do you need it? As soon as possible would be nice. I'm not entirely sure how much longer I will be in communication with this person. Jeremiah will lean back, look at the stacks of books around him. That had a very big sigh. <sighs> if you want to write now, you're going to owe me. 
All right, that seems to be the way of things around here, and yes, I suppose that's fair. Jeremiah will get up a chair, stretch. Uh, I think I can... I don't really want to, like, pack this away and set it back up when I get back. Uh, don't touch my stuff, Alistair. I will go see about procuring you your... Uh, trap. You do have such a weird interpretation of possession. Just because you call my bag yours doesn't mean you can call my library yours as well. I'm talking about the scanner. And the laptop attached to it. I have no interest in your scanner. Uh, Jeremiah will pick up Sophus. I would like to make a roll to put a voice to a face and a name. Who are you trying to do that on? Alistair's mother. Roll with power. That is a partial success. All right. So when you put a face to a name or vice versa, roll with their faction on a hit. You know their reputation. The GM tells you what most people know about them. Jeremiah, you are familiar with who Felicity Lockwood is. You actually did briefly meet her once or twice when you were younger and doing runs across Lake Superior for your family. You weren't super familiar with her, but what you did know was that she was an expert ritual caster and was very well studied and had quite a few tomes on how to cast ritual magics, how to best use them, the right circumstances, etc., and if ever a wizard needed advice on a ritual, she would be able to answer their questions. Additionally, she was pretty familiar with a lot of demonology in a way that most wizards weren't. Hmm. Alrighty. And like Alistair, she would be bristling at the fact that I just called her a wizard multiple times. Excellent. All right, let's go get that arcane trap Alistair wants. As Jeremiah goes off to do a thing... Victor, what are you doing? Victor is at the slightly busted up entrance to Troy's bodega. He thinks Troy has been kidnapped. As a reminder, Troy's Troy's dead. Um, but he's going to go try and find Troy. He inhales deeply and he's going to try and hunt Troy down. All right. Do you have a move for that? I do. I have Bloodhound. When you hunt someone, roll with blood. That's a nine. On a hit, I know exactly where to find them and can follow their scent until I do. All right. So their scent leads to downtown. And like you will be able to find specifically that club. And like that's where their scent is going to end. It's very much like. It'll lead there, and there'll be a smell going in, and no smell coming out, necessarily. Did Victor just walk all the way to downtown? I'm curious, how did Victor get to downtown today? Oh, yeah, um, he rode a bus. The same bus with Darby, maybe? Even for a public transport making no sense, it makes a little bit more sense than that of somebody going to downtown, not ending up on the same bus as someone coming from downtown. Now, it might be like... They both have to make an exchange at the same stop. I'm down for it. So you would see Darby step off this bus and kind of just like look around, flustered and confused by this 
public transit system. Um, they've they've been to a bunch of different cities, and and this one is um is arcane even for 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 bad public transit, and would probably step off to the side and uh and and look at a map and and take out their vape and start producing clouds. So Victor, as you're on this tr- trail for Troy, you get a it's not exactly the same as Kyle, but given that you know you kind of like ate Kyle and kind of consumed some demon in the process, you're f- you're familiar with the scent of demon on people and you get a whiff of that. Also the vape probably smells just a little bit like sulfur. Uh, Victor crosses his arms and leans next to a pillar next to you. Victor is a very large man um, with a very large beard. You new in town? (sighs) Always. I take it you're not? Nope. Been here my whole life. Where are you looking to go? Point Claire. I think it's north of here? Yeah, it is. You want to take the uh, the E3 bus? That'll get you there. Cool, thank you. You gonna go dressed like that? It's all I got. Fair. Should I? Should I not? They look at people funny in Point Claire. Victor is currently wearing clothes that are obviously from when he was much younger. His shirt is too tight, and his pants are far too tight. His large jacket uh, has recently had its back stitched up. Yeah, they uh, they don't like drifters. But uh, oh, well, I'm not a drifter. I'm I'm here on business. Yeah, what sort of business is that? Uh, well, I couldn't. Um, I don't know that I could uh, just tell you that. I think um, that's it's it's private. It's business. It's you know how business is. It's sure. Roll to figure someone out. Yeah, I will. I got a 10. On a hit, hold two. While you're interacting with them, spend your hold one for one to ask this player a question. Who's pulling your character's strings? Victor's going to ask, and who brings you into town? No one like you just comes to St. Fleur. You've got business. Whose business? I think that the way that you ask that question kind of like comes with that like wink and nod of uh you know like you're not asking about like what business trip i'm on you're asking about what business trip i'm on and darby would kind of like step back from the map and and give you another like once over and take another puff of the of the of their vape and then stepping in closer uh would say I'm here on uh I'm on on official business of course from you know my 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 patron. Uh you may have heard the name Tarag before. Have I heard the name Tarag before? You know what? I'm going to let you roll to put a face to a name from in- some inherited demon knowledge all because you ate Kyle. That is an 8. On a hit you know you their reputation. Darby, do you want to tell us a little bit about Tarog's reputation, or do you want me to BS some stuff up for you? Tarog is a like in the in the in the realm of the hierarchy of demons is not exactly someone who is in an abundance of power. Um, I think that they are 
someone who maybe recently had like in the past had had a lot of territory that they they controlled and so previously had power but had that taken from them through some means or another and is looking for um a place to reestablish themselves and they're like a fire smoke demon i think they're less in the business of collecting like large quantities of souls and more in the sort of power brokerage so victor you know you shouldn't know all of that but somehow like the name is familiar and that information is just there in your head yeah i have heard of terog so you don't care about a minor league baseball player i think darby is kind of taken kind of off by that and no i i don't really follow baseball fair what can I help you with? Um, Victor asks, meaning, how can I put your character in my debt? Um, I'm, I'm looking for someone who has lost their way. And if you know someone who could help me find them or could help me find them yourself, that would be the kind of thing that, that, uh, that Tarag would look uh, kindly on and and that we would we would we would go out of our way to help uh, repay you for what what kind of business are you in victor smiles mostly i'm in the protection business i got a little corner of this city that's mine um last night was a big night for me if you catch my meaning last night was a full moon uh ah i understand and is everything going all right with that or, or do you are, are there many people who are attacking your uh, your section of the city how much protection work do you do do you is it the kind of thing that you would need assistance with is there um, i'm currently going to find somebody who's disappeared off my little parcel hmm. if you're heading to point claire i can't really help you much there don't know many people but you come out and you give me a call maybe i can help you out all right i think i'm I'll be in town for a little bit, so I might I might take you up on that. Darby would pull out a like like look through their their jacket, like put the put the vape away, and use both hands, um, and eventually find a business card that has their name and phone number and um, some kind of an arcane symbol that represents Tarog stamped on it. That kind of just looks like a logo for an obscure kind of minimalist corporation. Uh, but to those who would know, it's it's obvious what it is, and they would hand, they would hand it over. He takes the card, looks at it, slides it into his chest pocket. All right, I'll I'll see if I hear from you. Your bus is gonna leave soon. Sure, sure, sure. And don't hesitate to call if you need anything. We can, I can always be of service. That's what I'm here for. Victor nods and uh, waves over his shoulder as he heads for his own bus. I think that is a nice time to transfer back over to Alex and Silk, who we have not seen yet. Um, Silk, I think there was something you wanted to do. Yes. Um, so once I leave Midnight Rose's house, uh, we will pick up with Silk. Uh, I think Alex was waiting outside at the time. Alex, dear, um, I do have a bit of an errand to run here in uh, Five Points. Um, you're free to go about your business. But I need to pay a visit to our dear friend Alistair. And I think Alex, uh, having just got this flash drive with, you know, a whole lot of stuff on it that he's needing to research, just nods over at Silk. Of course. Would you like me to give you a ride or 
do you have your own transportation? It's just a bit of the ways over there. Uh, why not? Yeah, Alex is more than happy to drop Silk off, but he's probably not actually going in. Yeah, they're both in the square, right? So this is a very wasteful ride. Yeah, this is mostly just Alex being polite. As the two of you get into Alex's car, Alex, your phone starts ringing. Well, uh, far be it from me to drive, uh, you know, and take a call at the same time. But Alex is absolutely going to do that. So, yeah, I'll answer. Did you even look at who it was or did you just answer? No, I think I think he's just going to answer the phone and not even say anything. Just put it up to his ear and wait. Mr. Giroux, I got your letter. Ah, uh, Miss Mercier, how was the ball? Have you not watched the news this morning? Oh, I read the paper. I saw there was a little bit of trouble. Did you raise quite a lot of money for charity this year? I mean, your donation helped, of course. As always. So thank you very much. I was wondering, I know you said three days, but would you be willing to come over today to my manor? <sighs> or I could meet you. Hmm. When did you have in mind? Ideally, Mr. Jero, as soon as possible. And I kind of look over at Silk. Fine. Give me, let's call it an hour. My place, then? Of course. I'll be looking forward to seeing you. And I just hang up the phone. And at that point, uh, as we're pulling up to Alistair's uh, manor, I look over at Silk. Goodbye, Silk. Goodbye, Alex. Um, don't worry about your uh, owing midnight roses for today's... Uh today's information. I've handled it for you. Hmm. And get out and close the door. I think Alex looks a little bit uh, confused at that, but doesn't really press the point and just kind of drives off towards Point Claire. All right, Silk. I'm going to go ring the doorbell, which I assume is a elaborate chime. I mean, at one point it was probably an elaborate chime. By this point, it's probably more of like a sad whine. But nevertheless, Landon, as I make my way up the steps from the basement towards my front door, do I see uh, the vampire that I had relations with last night? Yeah, he's hanging out in your kitchen, making some coffee, has like um, a hoodie on. His hoodie or my hoodie? Probably yours. I didn't know your type drank coffee. And he's just saying that, like, as he walks to the front door and opens it. I think, given the time frames, I'm probably getting ready to head out when the doorbell rings. So in that case, I just, like, casually brush past Jeremiah as if he's not there and open the front door. Alistair, um, I have a favor to ask of you. I need to borrow your demon portal. Does nobody come by just to say hello anymore? Hello, Alistair. Hi, what do you need the demon portal for? Uh, your cousin has asked for introductions to someone on the other side. And yours is the easiest way to speak to someone over there. Unless I were to perform an elaborate ritual or head home. That's much worse. She has. To what end, might I ask? The Unfortunately, that sort of information wasn't part of the deal I rendered with her. I am just here to make the introduction. You really need to get better at making deals. As this conversation is going on, Julian has moved from, like, the kitchen to leaning in the doorway. Like, the doorway between the kitchen and the entry hall. Uh, do I see him? Of course you do. He's not trying to hide. 
Awesome. Uh, can I put a uh, name to a face? Go for it. Roll with night. That is an eight. All right. Um, Silk, you've met this strapping young lad before in passing, and you've heard of him. I mean, you used to go to the clubs, like, you know, 10 years ago when you were still into that thing. And you recognize this as Julian Chen. He is a vampire who is part of Finn's brood. And one of the few that Finn seems to actually trust beyond just treating him as a peon, so to speak, because that's how Finn treats most of their brood. And he used to DJ at that club. He doesn't anymore, but he used to. Then I'm going to like lean over to the side to see Julian quirk an eyebrow. Julian, huh, that's interesting. You're wearing more clothes than last I saw you. Silk, ten years without speaking to you is not long enough. <laughs> I get that quite a lot. But I shan't be uh, bothering you long. Um, turning back to Alistair. Um, so, I do I have a debt on you from the character creation, but I didn't actually write down why. So, yes, I, I know I am being a terrible burden on you, Alistair, but just this once, and I will forget one of the debts that you owe me. Well, luckily, this actually works out pretty well for me. If you can perhaps wait to bring dear Theodora over until our friend Jeremiah here returns. Um, <clears throat> I was standing right behind you the whole time. Jeremiah, did, did you, uh, did the bartender get to you with my present? Yes, yes, uh... A present has been delivered, Silk. Much appreciated. If you're intent on perhaps uh, practicing with it, there might be an opportunity for that in the near future. Whatever goes on between the two of you can stay behind bedroom doors, please. But Silk, would you like to, I don't know, enter my house? Absolutely. Anyway, must be off. As scintillating as these various conversations are... Uh, I must go find that thing for you, Alistair. A return uh, at some point in the future. Uh, please do hurry back. It sounds like I'll need it sooner rather than later. Yes. So there's a, a scanner and a laptop down in the basement. If you touch it, I will hunt you down and cut off your head. All right. So is Jeremiah brushing past Silk and heading out the door? Yes. Jeremiah is going to hit the streets. To go get an arcane tr person trap. Silk, as you step in, I think uh, Julian just kind of looks at you and says, Oh, what? Don't have your own tea set with you today. Um, I, I didn't bring my own ride today. <laughs> Pity. No tea for you then, I guess. Jeremiah, let's go ahead and do that. Hit the streets with you. Alrighty. So we are going to hit the streets. Uh, I'm going to use sharp tea for goblin again. Roll of wild. Hey, partial success. Okay, so you're trying to get a trap thing. An arcane trap that'll hold uh, Alistair's cousin for long enough that Alistair can, I guess, toss her into the Neverworld. So it doesn't take you too long to find Sharp Teeth, surprisingly. He's just like a neighborhood over under a bridge. But as you're approaching, you see that somebody else is there standing over him, like definitely taller than him. 
almost looks elven in features. Like face is just a little too sharp, just a little too tall. And they seem to be having a very intense conversation. And Sharp Teeth looks more than a little concerned about how this conversation is going. Sharp Teeth, I haven't seen you in forever. How's it going? As you, Jeremiah, will rudely interrupt the conversation. They both like turn to look at you and Sharp Teeth jumps and then sees that it's, you know, just you, Jeremiah, old friend, old pal, old boy. And uh, Sharp Teeth does his best to like kind of smile, but it's not very convincing. It's just like, Oh, Jeremiah, uh, I, it's, I'm, it's, a, it's a great day, isn't it, uh, Cassius? And the gentleman turns to look at you, and he smiles, but in that not-human-doesn't-get-to-his-eyes sort of way, and goes, oh, yes, it is a great day. Uh, yes, I am so, so sorry to intrude, but uh, might I borrow our lovely goblin for a minute? Only once he finishes helping me first. You see, I'm uh, looking for a friend, and I think Sharp Teeth has seen him recently. Oh, uh, an old friend, you say. You know, I also happen to have my ear to the ground, as it were. Uh, maybe I've run into them. I would like you to persuade an NPC. Not today. That's a five, so... Yes, you see, uh, my queen has asked me to find him because he's just being a little annoying. And Sharp Teeth here seems to, and like he turns to see Sharp Teeth like just in time, like before Sharp Teeth's able to stop the like, no, don't say anything motions and like looks at him and then looks at, back at you. I'm sorry, do you happen to know Silk? I am acquainted with the gentleman. Shared some passing business, but not too much more of that. Lovely, 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 lovely. Why doesn't Sharp Teeth here help you out? I'll just hang around and you can tell me where my friend is. Yeah, so I was helping Silk out with a little bit of business. He's over in Shadydale right now. Uh, he said something, he had an appointment uh, with a wood nymph or something of that sort. In Shadydale, really? Please roll to mislead, distract, or trick someone. Ten. All right, on a ten plus, pick three. We're going to confuse him for some time, avoid further entanglement, and expose a weakness or flaw. So as you say this, Cassius kind of leans back a little bit, like he was getting pretty up in your space. Um, and he just kind of steps back and, hmm, don't know what one of my wood nymphs would be doing in Shadydale, but I guess it's not totally out of the question. So you have learned that Cassius controls all the wood nymphs in St. Fleur. I'm going to say that's kind of a weakness or a flaw. That's not really something you should know. Well, I suppose I can go down that way. It wouldn't take me that long if I jump into a bush. Um... If you do happen to see him somewhere else, I would be very in your debt if you were able to tell him that um, the queen is looking for him. Oh, I will endeavor to keep my eye open for him. Well, and he turns and looks at sharp teeth and I don't know what you want to do with this trash, but by all means, be my guess. And like walks 
a little bit outside of this bridge and just like sidesteps into this greenery that's right there and just disappears. Ponzi asshole. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> anyway, now that he's gone, uh, I did track you down because I do hear you're in the business of trapping mages occasionally. I mean, I have a thing or two that can probably help with that, and I mean, you got him off my back, so by all means. Um, are you looking for, like, poison, paralysis? Um, I can always do, like, a little bit of um, something like Genesequa-ish. Uh, poison or bondage. Oh, bondage. I didn't know you were into that, Jeremiah. Uh, well, you know, gentleman never tells, but it's not for me. Uh, apparently... The last remaining Lockwoods are not big fans of each other, and one of them wants the other one to, I'm guessing, be thrown into another world. So something that can hold one of their type long enough. Oh, a Lockwood, a Lockwood. I have something just for this. Poison and bondage is what you need. And he's like surrounded by trash bags because this is how Sharp Teeth operates and like starts just like rustling through a bunch of them. It's like a, like, almost clownish uh, flower lapel pin that he pulls out. Jeremiah will put on gloves and take it very carefully. So, you see, that, um, when the magic word of Alakazam is spoken... Jeremiah will throw it away and run back. <laughs> No, don't worry. It doesn't work when a, a fake cannot use it, okay? That is one of those, like, human-only things. Right. Uh, you gotta stand as a precedent for your items to suddenly... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Look, I know that my cell phone deal did not go well, okay? But don't worry, Faye can't use this one. It was made by a Lockwood a long time ago to use against another Lockwood, and I just happened to get my hands on it, okay? So it got to be a Lockwood that says it. Ah. Um, and whoever is holding it that is a Lockwood will not be trapped, but whoever else is in the room that is also a Lockwood will be trapped and, like, tied up, and there'll be, like, a little bit of paralysis poison. It'll be great. You'll love it. Huh. Damn, I really hated each other. It's that family's been killing each other for centuries. Uh, gingerly pick it up and slip it into Sophus. But thank you so much, my friend. I really do not like that seely asshole. Please let me know if you ever need anything else. Yeah, so I'll uh, put in some more good words with you in the network. See if we can get, can't get you bumped up the social ladder a bit more. Thank you. Thank you so much, my old boy, old friend, old pal. Jeremiah will uh, wave goodbye and head back to Alistair's mansion. Oh, and a uh, sharp teeth. Uh, yes. maybe think about relocating right quick. Um, you know, assuming that uh, our good elven friend has not run afoul of the werewolves down there, and maybe he'll get himself eaten. <laughs> well, I can only help that, my dear friend, but thank you very much, and he tips, like, his shabby threadbare hat at you. So I want to, I want to establish something really quick, because Alex uh, has, he did give an hour, right? And in this hour, he has stopped back uh, by the, the homestead to, first off, deposit things that he just got, you know, into a safe location. And secondly, to change clothes because, you know, got to make an impression. Of course. So Alex has changed himself uh, into a white suit, a sans top. So it's like white vest, red shirt, white pants, just to look kind of fancy. 
So as he pulls up, there's a strange looking individual here and he's going to kind of give them the, you know, the side eye a little bit, but realistically, Alex probably thinks that this is just the help. So he's not even going to like say hello or anything. He's just going to make his way in. Darby, you see the most ostentatious vehicle drive past you and pull into like the circle drive of Rosalie Mercier's. She calls it a manor, but it's really a mansion. Which I think is even kind of funnier because I think Darby has walked like <laughs> here from the, the last bus stop. And so, I, yeah, I would like continue walking up towards this this mansion. Yeah. Um, and kind of inspect this 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 ridiculous vehicle. Yeah, it's a 1930 Rolls Royce Phantom. It's a uh, it's quite a nice car you have there. Uh, yes, I, I won't need it parked. Don't worry. I'll be back momentarily. That's that's nice. I don't know that there's anyone here. Uh, Darby's kind of like looking around. I don't think there's anyone here to park it anyway. So, and this is when an actual member of her squad of butlers comes rushing out from the front door. Oh, Mister Giroux, do you need your vehicle parked today? No, I, I'm I'm fine. Don't worry. It's it's good where it's at. And I, I kind of look back over at Darby. I'm sorry. I just assumed that you were a member of the staff. No, it happens a lot. No. Um, and, and Darby would like walk up to the front door and knock or ring the doorbell, whatever is appropriate. So the butler that had ran out, um, it was Jonathan that ran out. He's got a lot of, a lot of hustle. Is he also vaping? That's what took him a minute. Still smells like vape. Yes. And like his vape is like sticking out of his vest pocket. Darby would kind of see that and, and. Maybe just the smallest, a bit of like perking up for one second and would sort of do the pull out their own vape in that way that like people who vape often just vape around other people who vape to like let them know and maybe spark up a conversation or something about it. Jonathan gives you his surprisingly bright smile considering his boyfriend got murdered like two days ago. Uh, Mr. Giroux, I know that uh, Miss Mercier was expecting you, and then I assume you are uh, a really weird name was left. Yes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Darby Albrecht. Ah, uh, yes, and uh, you're the one that... Um... Yes, yes, of course, yes. And I kind of give Alex a, a look, like, I don't, I don't know who this person is, and we, we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah, I'm just going to play dumb. Well, Miss Mercier is in her study. I don't know. Let me go see if she wants to see both of you at the same time, one before the other. I will just be back in a jiffy right quick. And like Jonathan has led you two into like the entryway. And it's, you know, it's very stereotypical grand staircase furniture that's there to be looked at and not used. And he like runs off to go, like, apparently either talk to Rosalie himself or, like, make a page call to see how she wants to handle the fact that both of you arrived at the same time. So, while Jonathan is gone, uh, I'm sorry, it was a, a Mr. Albrecht, correct? Uh, yes, Albrecht. Do you mind if I ask what you're here on? Um, it depends on how you ask it, I guess. Of course. Miss Mercier and I have a small history, and she called me in something of a, it seemed, bit of concern about an hour ago to ask if I could meet her here. So I was just wondering how 
urgent your business was. I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to move past it quickly, and then you couldn't get in and speak to her. What do you come here often? Do you? Um... I think Alex actually does kind of like laugh a little bit at that. This is my second time here. I don't know that I caught uh, your name. Ah, uh, my apologies. Alex Giraud. I run a bookstore on Point Claire just down the way. You should stop by sometime. It's quite charming, I'm told. <laughs> Are you not familiar with your own store? No, I'm quite familiar with it. Well, is it charming, then? That's what people tell me. Okay. Can I try to put a face to a name to see if I know? Yes. Six. It's a miss. You have not heard his name before even that kind of like part of your brain that sometimes can tap into like your demon knowledge is just like nah nah screw you and like as you're kind of scrutinizing him and alex it's very clear that like he's trying to like figure out who you are you hear kind of like rapid footsteps and then like right before she comes into view they slow down and become very posh and proper as uh, Rosalie Mercier comes down the stairs a little too fast for a lady of her station. And, I mean, she looks much more made up than last time you saw her, Alex. Um, She's wearing a nice blouse, a very slim suit jacket, high heels, her hair's done up. She looks nice, but she also looks very, very tired. And then... As she's coming down the stairs, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't expecting both of you to arrive at the same time. It's um, it's all right. We we met and um, we've been having a nice conversation. Yes. Do you often double book your meetings, Miss Mercier? Alex, she gives you that "I will murder you" smile and goes, "No, I don't. Um, unfortunately." Your meeting is going to have to wait a moment. I need to speak to Mr. Albrecht here first. Ah, but of course. I'll just make myself at home, shall I? Uh, yes, the study to the left has a lovely book collection. I'm sure you might find something in there that will interest you. Oh, I'm quite sure. And Darby, she does not, like, take you up to her office or anything. She brings you over to, like, a sitting room that's near the front of the building. And... It's very quiet and kind of cozy. Um, And when you both step in there, there is a maid in there. Notice very intent on dusting and seems to just totally ignore your presence. She's a, you know, kind of average height girl with curly red hair and don't need to worry about her at all. The listeners would immediately recognize her as Anna Rosenberg, who is like Rosalie's right hand. But Darby probably doesn't know that. No. So, Mr. Albrecht, I understand that um, it was um, Carone who told me that you uh, needed some help. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not quite sure where to start, but I'm looking for anyone who knows the city and the people in it and, and the people who, who are in it but aren't in it and, and under it and um, lost in it and stuff like that. And and Caron said that you might be someone who could help me with that. I'm surprised he sent you to me instead of Midnight Roses if that's what you needed. But I do owe him a thing or two and can't really say no to him. Um, what are or who are you looking for? Well, you know, uh, these things are kind of complicated. But um, I'm I'm looking for a lost child isn't really the right word. Um, 
a lot, a lot, someone who's lost, and um, and 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 you seem like a person who is. And Darby's kind of like looking around this this probably not so fancy sitting room as though it were the fanciest sitting room they've ever seen. You seem like a, a person who's well to do in in the city, and and um, the the person that I represent um, is looking to. Not not only sort of find the person that the, that we're looking for, but also build relationships with those individuals in the city who are um, of of means and and so and so if if I can if you can do a favor for me, I can do a favor for you. You know how these things go, and um, hopefully we can build a good relationship. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, I'm familiar with Corone, so I'm sure that I. Uh... Yes, I have a similar relationship. Yes, of course. Um. But I'm still not quite sure what favor it is that you're looking from me. I'm looking for a person. They lost something uh, that um, my patron has of theirs, and we'd like to return it to them. And, and we, we can't seem to find them anywhere, and, and it's, it's weighing so deeply um, on my, my patron. And, uh, and so if you could help us find, I'm looking for Leon. I know that She's somewhere in the city, but I can't seem to get in touch with her anywhere. You notice that Rosalie's face goes like almost stark white when you drop that name. And like she tries to catch herself, um, but like clearly lost her composure for a moment. And around the same time, you might assume that it's just coincidence, but... Anna finishes cleaning up in here and steps out of the room after you say that name. Rosalie just kind of shakes her head and goes, I'm sorry, um, do you have a last name? Do I? Would I sorry, would I know yes. her last name? Okay. Yes, you do. It um, is Fleur. Yeah. Also, yeah. I'm lying if that <laughs> Yes. Okay. It is a, and um, you can say that you don't. Like, that's fine. Sorry, this is gonna sound very weird because the city and everything, but it's it's uh it's Leon Fleur, I think. I am um, familiar with the name, though the Fleurs themselves, I thought, had died out quite a while ago, but... Well, um, I mean, in a way... Sorry, it's a sad joke. Um, is it... Um, hmm. She's just very thrown off by the. She was not expecting this conversation to go where it's gone, and you could tell that you have her just totally off guard right now, and is like at a little bit of a loss for words. So if this is if this isn't a thing that you can help me with, that's fine. Like we, I can I can still offer you a service if you need anything from 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 my patron or I. I can I can make myself available to you to help you if if you need anything. And um, I, I noticed you're sort of perhaps short staffed around here. Um, but um, if you could point me in the direction of someone else who might be more familiar with the city or where I could find Leon, um, then, then I'll, I'll, I'll gladly uh, get out of your hair and let you get on to your next meeting. And I would like you to roll to persuade an NPC. Okay. I rolled an eight. On a seven to nine, they modify the term or demand a debt. She kind of like sits back for a moment. Do you mind if I just, check in with my other meeting just for a moment, and then I might have a bit more information for you. Sure. Sh should, I, should I wait here? Should I step outside? Should I? Uh, if you want to wait here, that's fine. Are you, are you hungry? Do you need anything? I can get someone from the staff to 
I don't know, bring you a cup of tea or... No, I'll be fine. Is, is there somewhere that I can uh, vape? Is, in, is, am I allowed in the house? Should I go outside? Jonathan can show you somewhere appropriate. Let me just... And she, like, pulls her phone out and, like, sends a text message. I'll... He'll come and get you. Thank you. Sorry to impose. Uh, it's it's fine. I just, you know, I designated areas. I understand. So I will be back in just a moment. And I think as she starts to stand up, we cut over to Alex waiting in the study. And Alex, you hear the door open and it is Anna Rosenberg who steps in. How long uh, has he been here up to this point? Probably like 15 minutes. Because I'm definitely looking over the books. I mean, why not, right? Yeah, I think you're investigating a place of power. Roll with power. That is an eight. On a hit, you see below the surface to the reality underneath. As you are kind of like browsing through the shelves, you are surprised to find that there's actually a interesting combination of books about like astrology, star charts, and the effects of like the locations of the planets upon magical workings that are kind of just hidden in plain sight alongside, you know, Moby Dick, Gulliver's Travels. Like she's got all the classics in there. And then like just this weird piece here or there. Some of them are like very rare. This is the only copy of it that would exist. And it's clear that she actually like uses the study on a fairly regular basis. Nice. So I think Alex has definitely pulled out like one of those books on um, like astrology and he's just flipping through it when Anna comes in. That was Rosenberg. Ah, uh, Mr. Juro, how are you doing today? Well, your employer called me to forward a meeting that I was expecting in another two days and then sent me to the study to wait. So that's how I'm doing. Trust me, that was not really her decision. And she like looks at the book in your hands and goes, ah, oh, that's a good one. It's a little dry, but it's interesting. He snaps it shut. Mr. Jero, normally I would love to play some uh, word games with you and, you know, maybe shove you out of an elevator this time. But I am just going to be a little direct here and then maybe you'll understand why I was following you a bit. Because we were trying to understand where exactly your allegiances lie. And do you know who Cass is now? I have my suspicions. Right. Well, there's a demon person a couple of rooms over that's looking for her. So I would recommend that if you don't want things to go to shit, maybe, I don't know, dealing with him or making sure that she is so well hidden that not even a really determined demon possessed person could find her. Alex kind of slowly puts the book uh, on the table. Let me, let me see if I understand you correctly. Darby Albrecht is here to deal with Cassandra. No, he's here to deal with Leon. Hmm. Well, that might end up putting us at odds. And you suggest that I hide away Miss DeWitt? That would be ideal, yes. Um... Leon has done a real, real good job on not being found by any demons so far, and we'd kind of like to keep it that way. But Rosalie's in a little bit of a tough spot here because she doesn't listen to me when I tell her not to deal with demons. So even though 
you know, I don't want to reveal all of our motives to you yet, but we would still really, 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 really like Leon to not be pulled into demon politics yet. All right. I was intending to keep Cassandra safe regardless. So for the moment, those goals overlap. Let me just ask a question of you. What do you care about this? Why is this important to you? So I have a question for you as the player. Because you definitely just got a debt on Anna by like... Yeah, because she asked me to do a thing. Yes. So are you turning back around to get an answer to a question, honestly? Yeah. Yeah, turning that right back around. My family was mostly unwillingly uh, forced to become part of Fleur's Watch and... None of us ever have really agreed with what takes place there. However, alone have not had the power to do anything about it. Rosalie seems to be the first person I've found within that forsaken organization who understands that it's fucked up and that we have to... Cassa's the first one that Leon has ever been able to form a bond with and ever been able to do any of her own workings. She will not rest until the organization is dismantled. And my goals align with that. I want to keep her safe. You know, if you'd simply told me that, I probably wouldn't have pushed you out of the elevator. We weren't sure whose side you were on yet. Mine. And I'm just going to push past her out of the office. As you push past her out of the office, Rosalie comes, like, rushing into, like, the lobby to kind of, like, intersect you Anna does her thank you Mr. Giroux and Rosalie like looks between the two of you Miss Mercier I apologize but something has come to my attention and I will unfortunately be unable to keep this appointment at this time I will see you in two days as arranged if you'll excuse me yes thank you uh Mr. Giroux um she looks like she's about to ask you for advice and like second guesses herself on it i think alex is gonna pause when when he can tell that she's hesitating i'm sorry did you need something i i can't just send him away because of some other issues and i don't know how to get out of the situation without giving them what they want and i know the truth Hmm. well do you you know that i have cassandra dewitt so If you wish to tell Darby that I can help them find Leon Fleur, that would not be a lie, would it? No. What I do with that information is out of your hands, because I do not work for you. She kind of almost has the kicked puppy look, but just like nods. And uh, I think with that, Alex is just going to unceremoniously leave. But as he does, he is going to pat Rosalie on the shoulder. Don't worry. You'll figure it out. And I think as Alex goes out the door and the door closes, our camera pans over Darby and Jonathan, who are just kind of like leaning in a window, vaping out of it. And from there, the scene changes to downtown. Sorry, Victor. How you doing? Victor's doing well. He's found that building that Troy's scent has led him to. He inhales deeply. Well, he's inside. Uh, He's going to look up at the building, smell again, and he's going to try and figure out whose building this is. Roll to investigate a place of power with night. That is a seven. 
You inhale deeply and you get like an old whiff of dew that's there for sure. It's not fresh, but it's there. And then something or someone that like, as much as a scent can be derivative of nothing, is like a derivative scent. And then multiple scents that fall off of that one. And just knowing what you know from Jew, you are fairly certain that this would be his siblings, Finn's club. Victor nods and walks inside. It's early in the day. There's no music going on in the club right now. The only people that are in there are like the alcoholics. And there's somebody who looks like Jonathan behind the bar. I'm not sure if you've met Jonathan yet, but to the listener, he looks like Jonathan behind the bar. I've not met Jonathan. So there is a strapping young lad in his early 20s with a smile of gold behind the bar, polishing um, some glasses. Hey, could I uh, get a whiskey? Neat. Um, certainly, sir. And he like looks you up and down, smiles. Bottom shelf, I presume. Sure. And as he starts pouring a drink, and I don't believe I've ever seen you in here before. Do you mind telling me uh, what brings a handsome man such as yourself in today? I'm looking for someone. He definitely came in here last night. I don't think he's left. I down the drink. <sighs> Is there someone I could talk to about that? Fen, maybe? Roll to persuade an NPC with threats. That's a four. Jonathan leans forward, just kind of like interlocks his fingers, puts his chin like on his hands and just kind of like stares at you. And you notice that like his eyes have a bit of a red glint to them. Oh, Fen's normally sleeping at this time. And, you know, they really, really don't like when people come in here asking for them. But I'm sure if you want to leave your name, phone number, address, social security number and blood type, Provided that they all, you know, line up with their preferences, they'll get back to you. Uh, I see. Yeah. Well, I'm the Baron of Five Points, and I think you've either kidnapped or killed someone under my protection. So. And I think one of yours killed Finn's brother, so maybe we're all even. Alex isn't mine, so you can either help make this right Or I can do some things in this club that you'd rather I didn't. He smiles a little at that and goes, oh, please, don't presume to know me. How about this? It's a little early in the day yet. Come back, say, 7, 8 p.m. You are mistaken. You don't leave me waiting. I grab him quickly by the back of the head and thrash his head into the bar. Roll to unleash an attack. That is an 11. Okay, so on a hit, you inflict harm as established and choose one. You're just normal old Victor right now, so I assume your harm as established is one. Yeah, I do one harm. I would like to, in that moment, after he is mildly, like, bleeding from the forehead, to take something from him, a shotgun that I'm presuming is behind the bar. That is a presumption. So if it's not there, that's totally fine. There's not a shotgun there. And Jonathan just kind of like laughs through the blood coming out of his nose. Can I choose to inflict terrible harm then? Yeah, feel free. So at that, I hit his head into the table again. As you slam him into the table again and you're holding his head down, he goes, you don't understand, Mr. Bear, and even if I wanted to help you, I couldn't. Well, 
Why don't you let Fen know I came by? They can give me a call. Oh, don't worry. I will. I take the rest of that bottle that's on the bar and walk out. And as we get that shot of Victor walking out with his stolen uh, whiskey, our camera fades to black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome to LGBTND. We are an all-LGBTQ plus cast playing Masks, a new generation, a game about teenage superheroes trying to make their way in the world. If you like comedy, action, drama, emotion, and terrible, terrible puns, we're the podcast for you. You can find us every Thursday on your favorite podcatcher or as part of the Be Gay, Roll Dice podcast network. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter at Pod. If you want to support the creators who are bringing you this content, consider becoming a patron. You can find us on Patreon at the link in the episode description. Unable to be a patron but still want to support us? Leave us a rating and review on your preferred podcatcher so others can see how much you like what you're hearing. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast emceed and edited by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at super underscore Landon one. It is part of the Be Gay Roll Dice podcast network, which you can also find on Twitter at Be Gay Roll Dice. Special guest Darby, who is both a mover and a shaker in St. Fleur, is voiced and played by James Malloy. You can find him on Twitter at and the meltdowns. You should also check out his podcast, Stop Hack and Roll and Protean City Comics, as they're both pretty cool. Alistair, who has literally never had this many people in his house at once before, is voiced and played by Andy. You can find him on Twitter at AndyLion92. Alex, who has made some of the oddest alliances all in favor of his side, is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at TayuFace. Silk, who's clearly just being a good friend now with no ulterior motives, is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01. Victor, who has the oddest way of getting a person his phone number, is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at NyQuest underscore JE. And finally, Jeremiah, who seems to have something against elves and I think there's a story there, is voiced and played by Allison. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz-Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at magpieofficial. Farewell, dear listener. We'll see you next time you visit St. Fleur. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.